0: this is black girls in bloom podcast this is a safe space for us to express our unbiased thoughts experiences and understandings of our journey our hope is that at the very least you're entertained we really want this space to bring you comfort allow you to relate and bloom with us so settle in and let's get started babe
1: Hey, babe. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, babe. How are you? What's, I'm good. How are you? I'm under the weather, but we're making a shake. <laughs> what's that Virgo in you? Yeah, The show must go on. Gotta make shit shake. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's up, girl? Nothing much, girl. It's been a minute, you know. I got a couple of... Uh, people reaching out like what happened to us man
0: they they we're not dead I <laughs> promise <laughs> life happened <laughs> um although eating healthy makes me feel like I'm about to get put in the casket I'm like fuck oh <laughs> and got you feeling
1: dead inside
0: <laughs> <laughs> shit what all I want is a fucking cheeseburger or something like oh my god but you know what let me stop talking like that. I'm happy to be eating healthy. You know, you gotta change your frame of mind. That's what I'm doing.
1: Okay, good, good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've been eating healthy and you know, side conversation. I already know you've been working out since <laughs> you didn't say it here, but I heard you've been working out. So no, me no, thank you. Uh how's everyone else doing? Like the kids, everything okay? The kids is good. You know, the husband's good. They're all doing better than me <laughs> as I sniffle. That's good. So, speaking of your husband, we got us, well, we got two special guests today. Yeah, we got two special guests today. We have my husband and his best friend. Um, they're going to, you know, we're about to, you know, get some male energy on the podcast. So, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, starting off with my husband.
2: Uh I'm Greg, GP, uh China's husband, uh, graphic designer, music writer, uh what else? Cannabis kind of you know, uh <laughs>
3: intuition seeker. Uh but yeah, I'm excited to be on. It's your boy Stan, you know, everybody best friend, not fucking you know like that, but uh you know, realtor, aspiring businessman, Snack kind of for sure, but you know, I'm excited to be on here with y'all. Yeah, you know, we can chit chat.
1: Yeah, so I'm excited to have the male energy.
0: Me too. And then you know what's crazy? This is the first time we've ever had guys on the podcast.
1: Yeah, that's what oh. I was uh telling them earlier. This is our first uh you know, male guest. And we yeah. were just lucky enough to have two of them. Look at I that. Got us Happy. a two for one special.
3: Happy to be the first, you feel me, you know. <laughs> First, have everything.
1: Yeah. So, um, what we we'll talking about, Chris? Uh
0: so I wanted to do like two. That'll be different for us too, since we typically, when it's just us, we only stick to one thing. Um, the first one, I just wanted to know, like, because y'all both have, Well, Greg, I know you got kids, but uh, Stan, do you have any kids?
3: <laughs> I do have a kid.
0: Now, do you have a son or a daughter? I
3: have an eight-year-old son.
0: Okay, well, that's perfect then. So, uh first topic, I just wanted to, send, like, what's the, how are you raising, like, your son versus how you were raised growing up?
2: So, mm. mm-hmm. mm. uh, how am I raising my son versus how I was brought up? Mm, I would say, and this is GP talking, by the way. Uh, I would say when I was brought up, um, my dad was a little more, I don't know, strict was the word. Um, it was never like, I felt like military style or anything like close to that, but it was just more strict on the things that were important, I guess, you know, that, um, uh, needed to be done correctly and was, um, uh, expected of that, um, I also think that um it's i don't even know how to say it exactly but um i don't know i guess i'm just a little more lenient and allowing him to be um you know allowing my son to be what he wants to be you know um i don't want to ever feel like I'm, i'm forcing you know anything on him um for example uh I've always been into baseball. I'm playing since I was three years old. And then, you know, of course, I had the two girls first, and then I had the boy. And the first thing I was thinking, like, he got to play baseball. He's going to play baseball. He's going to be great at it. And then when he started to play, I felt myself um, falling back in the sense of, <clears throat> like, I don't want to put it on him. I wanted him to play baseball because he loved baseball. So I didn't want him to, you know, um, I guess I'll grow it too fast or you know, be tired over too fast by me putting too much on. i like, hey, we need to get out here and practice this every day. We need to do this. We need to do that, you know, and allow him to just go out and have fun playing his league games. And then once he develops his own love for it, then, you know, I, I support him behind it.
3: Okay. All right. So, uh, my little upbringing, a little different, you know, possible is around, but not around at the same time. So most definitely, um, being there for him in all aspects uh every step of the way for him. Uh, it's one thing I've been to make sure I stand on for sure. Also, I think uh, like the male affection, you know, uh, I didn't have no affection towards my dad. I, I, I know he was, and like, we cool I went to his house, but like, there was no like, you know, affection towards, uh, towards my father. So most definitely with well, my son, most definitely we, way more, you know, we show love, like, it's, it's a lot of love, so, um, that, I just want to just, uh, instill some morals and stuff inside of him, you know, like I said, my papa wasn't really around much, so, uh, my stepdad was around, but still want like, no affection like that, you know, from the male figure, or, uh, a lot of teaching moments, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of teaching moments from a male figure, so I kind of had to figure everything else out, and, and whatever my mom kind of. Stepped in and, you know, played both sides when she had to. uh, when tough decisions had to be made when it came down to certain things. So, uh, me just kind of destroying the narrative and, you know, making it make sense for for me and my son and being supportive of him and, you know, really being a, a, a black father, you know, in this community that we need. So, doing my best to set a great example for everybody else and... Yeah, that's uh, kinda my my take on that. But yeah, I didn't get I didn't get half the love or affection or support, you know, that I needed for a male figure growing up. So I wanna make sure that I give that to him and uh, you know, and we see it through. So yeah, everything else you wanna do, you know, he got he got my support, or whatever it is. I'm a basketball player. He actually does like basketball, so it works out for me. But So, you know, we just been on our own little rollercoaster together. And, you know, make sure I stand on that and and support them through everything.
1: Was there like... Oh, go um, ahead, Chris. And I just want to say
0: real quick, y'all, I may start crying because this is some beautiful shit. (laughs) Um,
1: It really is. Like, y'all don't understand. This this is some good shit. Go ahead, babe. That's all I have to say. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, was there one thing that you guys can remember growing up that you said this is something I want to teach my son when I have a son one day or was there something that you said this is something that I don't want to do as a parent when I become a parent like
2: for me I think it was yeah, it was both like one thing that I always wanted to do is you know love my son the way that I was loved by my dad especially in in my earlier childhood so um you know, just always like, you know, hearing I love you and uh being supportive for everything. Like my dad was at every single baseball game. Like I don't remember one game where he wasn't there, you know. Um no matter what he did, and I know he worked a hard job, he's a sprinkler fitter, which is a lot of labor, to getting up at four AM every day, still so get off work, come pick me up, you know. So I think what I did what I did get and that I try to give to Bear is that uh, that love and that reassurance of like you are great, you know you can do anything. I'm here with you through anything. Like you know like a best friend, but you know that's a dad. And then I would say, what I wanted what I wanted want to teach is, um, I guess kind of like giving up or like not being there because once my parents did split, um, I was 11 years old. When that did happen, I didn't see my dad as much. You Know in that time that we spent, uh, like the older I got, the less I saw him until you know he passed when I was 20. Um, but I guess that thing will kind of be like you know, going from like your daddy's the best friend, he's there every day to kind of like almost non existent in a point. Uh, I mean, in a sense, to where I may talk to you you know once every other day and then I don't talk to you for months, you know. um. So I never want to, ever get to a point, no matter what happens in life, where, you know, I'm not talking to my son, not even off bad blood, but just, you know, for any reason, like I'm not talking to you or I'm not there for you every single day or, I'm not around. Like, um, I'm making sure that that it never happens. Yeah,
3: I mean, for me, I would probably touch back on, you know, like you know, the affection of a man inside the inside the household, you know, being. Being a father figure and a father to my son, I think is uh, was was really big. Also, one thing I've really been big on, for me, I know life is short. We're here today, go tomorrow. So I've most definitely been doing whatever I could to, like, set my son up for, you know, success. So, you know, whenever it is that, you know, when it's our time to go, whatever, I just want to make sure he always got something in place. So life insurance. Um, pushed it up to high as I could for what I make. Um so if anything happens stuff like that and kinda of just teaching him like, you know, finance and business. Like that's kinda of another like like niche that I uh, niche that I like go into a lot is numbers. I love numbers. So um uh, everything I got is pretty much in his name at the moment. But I do know need like to put it into a trust I and mean, then make him a beneficiary, but that's another story. But yeah, <laughs> that's a <laughs> Uh, most definitely wanted to make sure I have stuff to leave behind because I already know, you know, you know, most people go out with nothing, nothing behind to leave for their kids or kids to fend for themselves or, you know, yeah, that's the one thing I wanted to make sure that got in place. We don't, we do make sure you good no matter what, whether I'm here or not here, whatever going on, like, you're going to be straight, you do understand money and you gonna know how to move. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, just make sure you stand on his own two feet. Like, no matter what, don't depend on nobody for nothing. You're your own man at the end of the day. And um, you got to understand that there's consequences for, you know, wrong decisions and there's rewards for, for right decisions. So, uh, you got to choose the path you want to go on. But yeah, that's kind of what I've been on with him lately. Just make sure he's telling you stand on your two. You're going to be all right. Got a little instructions for you. You're going to make sure you set up straight. And yeah, just keep pushing forward. Go ahead, make your
0: dreams come true. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that I noticed Dan that you said is um, you weren't really raised with a lot of affection from your uh, your biological dad and your stepfather. Do right. you think that while you were growing up, like, do you think that that hindered you from making um, like relationships with other men? As far um, as, like, friendships, not relationships. I mean, clear that up. Friendships yeah. with other men.
3: It actually affected both. Because, like, my mom, like, she was... She was kind of affected, but not as much. She got more affected as I got older in life. But, you know, uh, growing up with my mom, you know, she she worked, you know, several jobs to, you know, pay bills, rent, things like that of that nature. Uh, I, I had a younger brother and sister in the household that I'd take care of, so... um, She's around us, but she's not, like, there for us, you know, in a sense. So, um, me being the oldest, I kind of have to fan for everybody else, in a sense, to kind of pick up where she needed me to pick up at. So, even from her, it wasn't a lot of, like, affection, you know what I mean, until I got older. So, it it, it mostly affected relationships in all aspects, Uh, male, female, friendships, relationships, everything, like, most definitely uh, things that I had to come to grips with, like, okay, like, I'm not really a really affectionate person, so, this may, you know, like, you know, me dating or me and different friendships, but, you know, if I'm all homies, they may, sometimes people, maybe I might not care, or I'm so nonchalant, that you know, act a certain way, but, and just because I, I, I didn't have it when I was growing up, so, me trying to learn it at a, at a later stage in life, it's a bit of a challenge, but, uh, I've been up to the challenge lately, and, thinking about that more kind of more open to you know criticism and you know and kind of understand like okay you know you ain't not grown up so now you need to kind of like relearn it in a sense uh but I actually been pretty um mindful of that lately like okay like yeah you need to tighten up a little bit so yes yeah, most definitely in the relationships a lot okay
0: and with um another thing that y'all both like mentioned, uh, Greg, you know, what you saying, your parents got a divorce and then Stan, what you're saying that uh, you know, like your dad didn't live in the same household with you. Do you think that, well, do both of y'all think that in um, by seeing like those two narratives when y'all were growing up, did y'all think about like marriage in a sense of like, okay, this is something that I would want to do or was it something it was like after I saw this shit? I don't want to settle down with nobody ever.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'll touch on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for I mean, for a long time, I was always a friend. I was you know, I'm always a friend that's single or you know, or not really in a relationship much. I probably had like two or three girlfriends my whole life, but like, I didn't really had a lot of relationships, and honestly, those didn't even last that long. I feel like my situation shifts probably last longer than my actual relationship with, you know, women, which is crazy too. Um but you know, I, I mean, you know, i just I'm just keeping it real, you feel know I me? Mean? Um but yeah, boy I got sidetracked. Repeat that question one more time. Like, huh? That shit threw <laughs> him off. Yeah, I'm, that's right. Man. You, yeah, that's crazy, like, bro. What's up? with you? repeat that question one more time. Let me like, make sure that I actually never the question for you. Okay,
0: <laughs> basically, what I'm asking is like oh, growing up.
3: No, no, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> Marriage. I want you No, Look, 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 look. I'm gonna be wrong here. I'm gonna keep it authentic, but um, now nah, I mean, I thought of marriage, but. For a long time, I didn't see myself getting married, honestly, until I started seeing my friends getting married, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, this, this is possible." Like, you know, I've got, we got a couple, you know, next, you know, marriages within our group. You know, friends getting married and stuff like that. You know, us going to weddings. I think that stuff is super dope. So, the thought of it didn't really come until, like, my friends are getting married. So now I like, "Okay, no, that's possible." Like, you can find somebody to get married to. Like, it's. Like, you know, she out there, you know, you got to kind of, you know, narrow it down and make a decision or whatever. But, you know, it's possible. But at first know I did not think it was in my future or in my, in my anything, you know, I wasn't thinking about that at all. But now, I mean, seeing my friend's marriage and going through relationships, ups and downs, uh, they working through it, getting through everything. Yeah, now I think, yeah, a possibility for sure. But before, no, no, not at all.
2: Um, for me, um, you touched on, uh, like my parents getting divorced and did it affect my views on marriage? Um, no, nah, it, it didn't affect my views on marriage. Um, I was 11, so I wasn't even like thinking about, I guess, marriage or anything at the time when it took place. Um, I think what the divorce did for me more so was kind of, um, make me nonchalant. And I didn't realize that until I got older with China. But I got kind of, like, nonchalant with, uh, not with, like, life and happiness, but nonchalant on things where I knew I could just do enough to get by instead of being, like, great at it, you know? um, For example, like, before that, like, I don't want to say I cared about school, but, like, I always wanted to do my best in school, you know? And then after that took place, and especially in high school, uh, it was, like, you know, just enough to get by, like, see average, get a couple B's here and there, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, but just do enough to to get out. Um, I think what more affected my views on marriage was when I got older and started to get in relationships, and, um, you know, I guess like I said, say I've always been a lover. Like Stan said, he'd be the one, like, shut up, nigga. You know, <laughs> he'd be the one, you know, situationships, whatever like that, you know, and like, I'm the best friend like that's been a lover, so um, you know, before me in China, I was in three different relationships that all ended at the two year mark. You know, and it was just like the two year mark is either like, okay, what are we doing? or you know, things would start to fall off. So when I met China, I was on some like, I'm not thinking about marriage like I'm just doing me, whatever the case may be. So um shit, if anything truly changed my views on marriage, it was China.
1: Oh what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Pew, 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 pew. We gotta put the music Cue in right here. The whatever. Cue it. Put the DJ sound there, <laughs> right there.
0: Cue yeah. the fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, oh. Uh oh, go here, babe. No, you got it. No, I just wanted to say, like, coming from a woman's standpoint, when my um, when my parents got divorced, I was six. And even at the age of six, I was thinking like, I ain't never doing this shit ever. And I guess like it was because my parents' divorce was so messy. So I was like, man, I'm not gonna, I'm, I am not going to i i do not never want a nigga to take care of me. Like none of that. I just want to get everything on my own. I don't want none of this shit. But honestly, what did it was watching y'all get married. See? I was like, damn. Oh what? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no seriously it was like
0: (laughs) watching y'all get married and then just how well china spoke about you when you weren't around because you may you know like people in marriages some that aren't happy you hear how they talk about each other when the partner when the partner like isn't in the room but just to hear how she spoke about you like the the pedestal that she put you on i was like damn this shit really is
1: possible. Whoa, and whoa, it is... whoa. Oh, Let's uh... not talk about hey, a pedestal hey, here. Look, look, look.
2: We're, gonna let, we're gonna let Chris talk. Gonna... Whoa, there. She build, right
0: okay, maybe <laughs> pedestal wasn't the right <laughs> word. I'm sorry, but just the way you, you talked about him. <laughs> you talked about him, you know, so much love and just,
1: it, it was just there, you know? He's really ruining my gangster credibility right now.
3: about to be dirt.
1: Well, i guess i lost chris. it but i'm sorry chris i really ruined what you was trying to say <laughs> i'm so sorry it's okay
0: <laughs> but since we're on the subject of love and relationships right now it's a lot of podcasts that are happening and social media is really big and i'm seeing a, a lot of guys i'm not gonna call them niggas i'm seeing a lot of guys like they they love to, especially, and I'm only talking about black men on podcasts, they love to bring out this question of what do you bring to the table?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... it's a All sad. shit, saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're you know.
2: So, wait. So, are you asking, like, what are our thoughts on, like, the podcast and those questions that are being asked? Or are you asking us that directly?
1: Or, is she asking like, what are your thoughts on what is brought to the table? Because what needs to
2: be brought to the table? Yeah, if you guys feel like they're... what a woman needs to bring to the
1: table. Whatever. We can talk about both subjects. We can start off with how y'all feel about what's been put out there, and then what y'all actually feel, because we had a previous episode where we talked about, you know, that whole topic, and, you know, I feel like... I ain't gonna go into what I feel like I want to hear y'all first, and then I'll go into what I previously said, but... Yeah, let's just start there. What do y'all think about the, what's being pushed on the media with the black man narrative of what the black woman brings to the table?
3: Man, I, I think society's fucked up for one. But, you know, <laughs> society is brainwashing a lot of stuff. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it kind of communication. Like, every situation going to be the same. Uh, I really feel, yeah, the whole what you bring to the table, I mean, it's true on both sides. Like, you know, the man you bring to the table, the woman you bring to the table. Um, but for war, I mean, you got to figure out which which one is the breadwinner. And from there, you kind of could you know, shape the race around, you know, everything else. But uh, I think the narrative, that narrative it sounds bad because it seems really one-sided. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make all this money, I'm going to do this, do this, but what you going to do? Like, so if you lose me, then like, you're going to be like, you know, back to nothing. So long as that person, the red one or whatever is building other person up too and they, you know, create creating an empire, I think it's cool. But when when it comes out and like I mean, well, let me say this, some women they probably don't bring much to the table, you know? Life is more than some pussy, it's just what it is. Like it's a lot of pussy out here. You can go box buy some pussy if that's the case. I'm just being being for real. Like you know, I, I just think it needs to be more than that coming to the table for sure. I just think two like minds need to come together. And really, you know, like try to create an empire, like really think shit out and map shit out. Kind of, I don't say plan it because it sounds cliche, but yeah, well, we need some planning and we need some therapy too. It's a... Say it out. <laughs> for real, for real. But um, the whole what you bring to the table stuff is, is, is subjective. It's mm-hmm. very subjective because uh, it's a lot of stereotypes and the stereotypes come from. A society that we, we got going, that we in right now. So, stereotypes with black women, stereotypes with black men. Uh, some, sometimes it'd be true, though. You feel me? It'd be true, but it just needs to be two like minds together. I really hate that statement a lot, but, uh, yeah. You touch on that one, but, yeah, that's, that's be- sticky. <laughs> Before we
1: move on, you said, decide who's going to be the breadwinner. So, when you say that, does that put you in a space where you're able to date a woman who makes maybe more money than you, or brings more money, more income in than you.
2: Shit, when I met you, you made more money than me. I'm <laughs> talking, stand, sir. Right. <laughs> I'm
3: just
1: uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't,
3: I, I don't mind the woman make more money than me. Like, that's cool. But in this, you know, there has to be, like, I think I feel like that will push me to to hustle harder for sure. Want to make more money than me. Um, maybe she has things that she can put me in a better position in and, you know, to where we can be on the equal playing field. But I, I don't mind dating a woman who makes more money than me. It doesn't, it doesn't like bother me or hurt me. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's cool.
1: Okay. Follow up question before we get to you, babe. If that woman makes more money than you, but the income that you bring in takes care, can cover the household expenses. Are you going 50, 50 or do you take over the household expenses because your income can't?
3: If my income take care of the household expenses and I'm able to like have change on the side to like still do still, you know, do the small stuff, put gas in the car and, you know, go out to eat, you know, you know, fun and leisure, then yeah, I, I don't mind taking up that that responsibility. But if mine doesn't, then sweetheart. You know, you make a lot of money. You know, we need to go. We, we you need to kick in. You feel me? Like, I I, I really I, I really wouldn't like it if the woman made um it's a breadwinner, but don't want to kick in like at, at all. Like, especially if if, if I couldn't provide everything else, it's like, bro, you getting a hundred thousand, I'm making forty. Like, <laughs> come on, we gotta make it make sense somewhere. Like, you know, we gotta work together. That's when the communication comes into place. to like minds. Like, okay, look, I make this much, make this much. I'm going to take care of this. You take care of this. Oh, You know, communication. But if I'm care of everything, you know, I may fall short sometime here and there. And there's a problem if I ask you to, to pick up the bill or something like that, then that becomes a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Like that ain't going to work.
0: That's fair. I feel like that's fair. Chris? No, I feel, like, I feel like that's fair, too. I don't think everything should... And like you said, especially if there's clearly a, a wage gap Bitch, you know I can't take care of all of this. Where do <laughs> you want to go?
3: Like, this is this is not the 1940s. You know, I'm not walking into the crib. That's another. Subject. Putting my check onto the table, they like, take care of all the bills. You feel me? No, nah, That's like, a whole. I'm and not trying
0: cream. to be funny, but a lot of them was putting their check on the table because a lot of them couldn't read. I'm not. Like, <laughs> no. No, I'm being serious though. But see, baby, I thought see. she was about
1: to say that was when they check on their table and they put on their neck because yeah. of women got the ass.
0: <laughs> 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 I'm serious. A lot of black men couldn't read back then. I know a few of them, so it was like, and the the woman, you know, women in some cases are they pay a bit more attention in school, all of that, so they was able to handle certain shit, whatever, China. My bad. No, what yeah. I said
1: wasn't no better. I thought she was about to say <laughs> they was getting ass with, but okay. <laughs> okay, your turn, babe. What are your thoughts on the um, topic around what do you bring to the table in this society?
2: Um, I guess for the first part, the social media part and how that plays a part. Like, it's toxic, you know, it's brainwashing and you know, it fucks up everybody's view as a whole. Like, I don't have a I don't have a problem with the question. What do you bring to the table? I have a I have a problem with the question. What do you bring to the table? How it is presented on social media, things of that nature, because the way it's presented, it it automatically it automatically says to the man, what you bring to the table is money. Like instantly, it all it automatically makes us um, like a fucking ATM machine instead of a person. Because for the women, what do you bring to the table? You know, we're thinking of, are you not a gold digger? And what do you actually bring to the table? How are you going to level me up? What What can you do? You know, but on the women's side, the question, what do you bring to the table? We all know simply just means the money, you know? So I think it still comes back to that, like, men are never loved unconditionally. Like, men men are loved for what they, what they can, can give you, you know, and women are loved for who they are, you know, like you might, you might initially like or be attracted to a woman, you know, for the look, but the prettiest girl can become the ugliest girl in two weeks just in spending time together, and learning who they are and and what they are, you know. Um, And that's why I say like, you know, so we, we automatically like we're able to judge women you know, like-minded, right-minded men, I should say, but we're able to judge women based off what they truly bring to the table by what who they are, not vice versa for what we bring to the table for object, which is money. You know, so that's that's how I it. All right. I'll feel. I'll you on that.
3: Hundred percent. I told y'all I get tricky. I'm gonna
1: have to bring you back to talk about yeah. what you mean that men are never loved unconditionally. 'Cause I feel
2: like that's a whole nother topic. And that's what well uh, like not to get too deep into it, you know, we could talk about it again, but men are never loved unconditionally because like I said, it's always about what we can do, not who we are. I would say you know, like men are never loved. Year. Yeah, like men are men are never loved. Not even in just relationships where it's, you know, romantic relationships, like even like friendship relationships a lot of the time, like it's it's really like judged off what you can do for a woman not for who you are like men don't like for example like men don't judge women off what they could do for them because a nigga will have seven girls who doing shit for them like she buying you food the other one taking you over here to do whatever the fuck you want to do the other one letting you fuck whenever you want text her whatever the case may be you know but then you still don't like have no love for them or whatever. You know, it's just like what they can do for you in a sense. But like I said, like the the vice versa of unconditional is like with men. If you're not doing something for me in the sense of paying something, you know, then you're not loved. You automatically are looked at as less than because you can't. I can't support you financially. The love is not unconditional for. For men in society,
3: just women and children.
1: Yeah, yeah that's for sure, D.
3: I'll tell you, I know.
1: I understand where you come from. Most definitely, well, that's, that's deep right there. I gotta process that a little
3: bit. I do agree, though.
0: I agree. Um, a man is is for okay. Let me not say it like that. Women have been conditioned to think that a man is as good as he is based off how well he provides yeah um wait and that is the truth when a woman is asking in a lot of cases when a woman is asking man what do you bring to the table the first thing at the top of the list is kind of like a checklist it's like financially what do you bring but i also think that a lot of women are asking those questions um because some people have saw their moms be single mothers or they have saw their their um like sisters be single mothers and x y and z so you may be getting like different life lessons, like, "Hey, if a man can't provide, don't do X, Y, and Z." Or if he can't do this, don't do X, Y, and Z. And I, I'm truthfully, I can provide for myself. I take care of all of my own shit now, so I'm not. I don't judge men truly based off how much money they make, but I will be honest. I do. I there is a certain financial standard that has to be there because we're thirty plus. So certain things that may were acceptable in your early 20s now as a 30 plus year old, it's just like you should have that already. And if you don't, I respect it, but I'm also I also like I don't have to I don't have to to talk to you because I can do that for myself. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm not I have my own money.
1: Yeah, it turns (laughs) Like, like I don't need you, I want you.
0: Yeah, and I think that should be on a guy's end as well. Like, I don't... we'll see. Now, that sounds horrible when I say it, but whatever. Shit. Y'all get what I'm (laughs) saying. Yeah,
3: we get it. We get it. (laughs) Like,
0: but... and, and, And I think that once, in my opinion, once a woman gets to a certain level in her life and a certain level in her bank account, she stops asking certain questions because she's not looking for a man to provide yeah provide it's like that we know that's what you're gonna do but it's not like a damn if this nigga don't give me that money i'm gonna be out homeless or damn if he don't pay my car note they gonna come pick this bitch up like it's just certain i don't know i feel like certain questions stop being asked once men and women get to a certain point in their life
1: yeah but that also comes with like a lot of experience and a lot of trial and error <clears throat> in the dating game too like you've dated enough to know what you want and what you don't want. You have reached a certain status in your life where you don't need certain things that you needed back in the day, like you touched on just now, but you know, you also have the options to start looking at a man in a different light and actually to the point where you're looking at him and you're loving him for who he is and not what he brings to this quote unquote table. His things that he brings to the table are now intangible which is what i feel like a good woman brings to the table all her things are intangible you bring me a check i bring, i make your home i make your house a home you know what i mean that's intangible i can't make you feel comfort in a place you know i make you feel comfortable in a place that was just once four walls you know you bring me this and I turn into that like it's it's not something that I'm bringing to the table that you can actually put your hands on it's all the intangible things I ease your mind I make sure I'm your calendar your calendar I make sure that you make all your appointments on time I make sure that you actually care about your health now all those things that are intangible you can start to look into a man once you reach a certain status and you're no longer chasing a check and that comes with age and that comes with maturity I feel like
2: and I thought, well I mean even to your point like when you say like most of those things like are intangible, you know like we shouldn't even really be asking what do you bring to the table in the first place because the things that one another may bring to the table are the intangible things. It's never the things that you put on a necessary like checklist, you know whatever like that that really draws you in to the other person. It's never just the money. It's never just the sex. It's the intangible things like, oh, like when I'm around her, like, like you said, oh, this house feels like a home. Like, you know, or when I'm around her, she provides happiness or, you know what, she supports me in a way like that pushes me to be even harder and like, you know, do better as a man and want to do better like financially and want to do better, you know, in, in, in all aspects of life. Like, you're building me up, you know, and once I realize that, then it's like, oh, damn, like I'm in love those are the, like, you know, intangible things that are really required in a relationship to be brought to the table. Like, it's never, like, it's never going to be, like, 50-50. Like, that shit is not realistic. Like, some days it's going to be 80-20, some days it's going to be 90-10. For for a couple months, it might be 60-40. Like, life happens, you know? Like, like I said, when me and China met, like, she was making more than me. Like, you know, and then it gets to the point, okay, well I'm making more to her. Then she probably goes back and makes more than me. Like things change. And if you looking at life like who makes more, you know, for the man, or you know, uh, how much pussy is she giving me, then it'll never be it'll never be that. Like the responsibilities change and who has majority of the pool, whether it might be in the household or with the bills, also changes as well.
1: And those things can't sustain a relationship, too. Like, money can't sustain a relationship. You could be with millionaires. Millionaires get divorced every day. You can't. Sex doesn't sustain a relationship either. You could be, have somebody who gives you the best sex of your life, and then you feel dead inside, you know, whenever you're around them or whenever you guys aren't physically connected in that way. So the the real table is intangible, and the real things brought to the table build you up and continue to grow as the years progress.
3: I like that a lot. Most I think about that 10 minutes, But yeah, a bunch small shit that make that that make it the the, the world will turn. So you know, I, I, wish I would yeah, tell like that
1: one because honestly, too love doesn't even sustain a relationship. You could love somebody to death, but you guys could grow apart, and you guys could never work in romantically anymore. But you can always love that person or have that love for that person, but. That doesn't sustain a relationship either. It's a willingness to not give up when shit gets tough because the shit is not happy. It's not going to be happy a hundred percent of the time. It never is. Nothing in life is uh, like steady like that. So you have to think beyond that.
3: Okay,
1: this
0: is. Of, like my last question um, do y'all think that because I know Stan you say like you're not married but you are you know, becoming more open to it and then Greg of course I know you're married um, do y'all think that it's a it's not necessarily a problem but well you know what Greg I'll, I'll just ask you when it was time to like marry China and say you know what I'm starting this family and this is what I'm going to do did you have a sense of like um, I'm, I'm kind of like abandoning my mom, in a in a way.
2: Not at all, not even like one percent. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> that never, that never crossed my mind. Um, my mom is, you know, one of my best friends. Like me and my mom have always had a great relationship. I've always had a type of mom where I could tell her everything. Like it don't matter what it is, no matter if I thought I was going to get in trouble, something bad, no matter what, I could always tell my mom. So, like, even when it came time to marry in China, like, my mom was the first person that I told. You know, she supported me 100%. You know, she was happy for me. Um, China, my mom... I'd already started to build a strong relationship, even though <laughs> she saw my mom and didn't like it <laughs> when uh I for sure so thought she, her she didn't she, like me. She she would just walk right past. You know, we've been in living room chilling, she would walk right past card in her room and you know, quick high and that would be it. But you know, sometimes it's just how my mom is like she live in her bedroom, I ain't gonna lie to you. But um no, I never I never felt like um um giving up my mom or, you know, losing my mom. You know, I always felt like I was just bringing, you know, a daughter in from my mom that she never had, you know, because she only has two boys. And uh, even with that, like as over time, my my mom and China are very close, and she sometimes, you know, trying to be talking to my mom, I have no even no idea that they even, you know, communicated. And that's actually with China and a lot of my family. Like she might communicate with them you know, more than I do. And then be like, oh, hey, you know, auntie said such and such, so uh, nah, it, it never affected me or, or crossed my mind.
0: Okay, and the only reason why I asked is because uh, while y'all were talking about, you know, like finances and all of that, it made me think about my dad. And um, his he had like a stepfather in his life, but out of all three kids, he's the oldest, he got two younger sisters, and it's just the way that he not, like, necessarily caters to them, but the way that he shows up for them, it's different how he shows up for, like, his love interest, you know? And I kind of just felt like it was always because he never wanted wanted them to feel like they couldn't count on him. And in doing so, that took away from just, like, his, his personal love life mm. with um, women.
3: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I don't think, think it will affect me either, personally, but. Um, uh, and my mom was pretty cool though she held down with her, so she open she kind of open to whatever I want to do, you know whatever I bring around or or whatever uh but I, I don't think it you know i don't think it'll affect affect our relationship like that at all like we we feel tight like you know like butt she <laughs> 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 <So>, uh, <laughs> she always supportive.
1: That's good. I'm happy to hear that. Um, babe, did you have anything else? Nope, I don't have anything else, Karen. Okay, so
0: I guess we can go ahead and move over into our um, since we're being honest part of the show. And this is just where you admit something that you're being honest about.
1: Babe, you want to go first? Um, since we're being honest, you know, I like to walk on the wild side a little bit. I was on TikTok doing TikTok research. as you know, letting the TikTok scientists talk to me. And uh, I gave myself a science infection because TikTok told me to take knee pollen to help with my seasonal allergies. And now I'm fucked up. <laughs> okay. So since we're being honest, I need to stop listening to TikTok.
3: I yeah, guess so to be honest, I need to I need to stop procrastinating. I got so much I need to do. So many goals I got wrote out for myself. I got a whole whiteboard of things I've written down that I wanna complete and that I want to achieve over a short period of time, long period of time. Uh even like like lifetime uh goals, uh uh things that, you know, I feel like will help me achieve happiness in a sense. Uh I should just stop procrastinating. I'll like, be procrastinating like right hell. I mean, you know, of tore my Achilles. I feel like this is probably a universe telling me I need to slow down and really focus on stuff I need to, you know, that I set out to do for myself. So, since we're being honest, I need to stop procrastinating and, you know, stop worshiping, for sure.
2: Hmm. I don't know. Um, since we're being honest, uh, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of where I am in life. I'm proud of where I am in my spiritual journey. Um, I'm proud of who I am as a husband and as a father. Um, and since we're be honest, I with all that, I still question, am I doing enough? Um, I don't know. I'm just like that. So I guess since we're being honest, I need to work on, you know, just being uh, confident and okay with Yes, you're doing a great job and, you know, not questioning, like, okay, I know you're doing great, but are you doing enough? Are you doing enough to keep your wife happy? Are you doing enough to spend quality time with, you know, all your children? Are you doing enough, uh, I guess, just as a man, as a whole, you know, uh, since we're being honest, I just need to, to work on that. Okay, let me see.
0: Um since we're being honest I turned 30 in four months four yep, yeah, four right. and I feel real nervous about this shit I'm excited but I had like a at 18 I had a whole checklist on everything that I was gonna do before I turned 30 and I can admit I probably ain't checked off none of that shit <laughs> and I'm thinking like damn I didn't do shit <laughs> okay that sounds horrible but it feels like I didn't do nothing. But then I have to think about it like the checklist that I have for myself at 18, that's not the same checklist that I have for myself right now. So since we're being honest, I just want to start appreciating the journey and stop comparing my 29, going to be 30 to somebody else's 29. Good, because you've done
1: a lot.
0: A whole lot. Shit, life better.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you know, from so, people yeah. that are in
1: their thirties, life got better after thirty, I feel like.
2: Yeah. That's well, vision got I think, yeah, vision yeah. Vision just gets even clearer. I don't I don't even want to say it's like on your thirtieth birthday, but you know, even like twenty nine right now, like I feel like that's when I really got into my spiritual right That's when I really got into, you know, uh valuing things that truly matter in life and finding happiness in those things. So, I would say early 30s is, uh, that mm-hmm. shit is worth at. It's
1: lit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Hopefully, us 30-year-olds ease your mind. 30-plus. Yeah. Ain't nobody 30 no more.
3: <laughs> yeah. You hit the threshold already.
1: Yeah, y'all about to. It doing. step Stepping, You stepped into it already. You yeah. stepped in that. Anyways, um, so let's move on to our next segment um, we're, you know, a self-care podcast in a way. We always tell at the end of every episode what we're going to do in the upcoming week to bloom. Um, <clears throat> for me, in this upcoming week, I'm going to the nail shop, and I'm getting a pedicure. It's overdue, so that's what I'm going to do to bloom. You want to go next? Me? Chris? Yeah, y'all gotta um, say what y'all about to do for yourselves. Self um, care is for men too.
2: Self care. I smoke a lot of weed. Um, oh
3: goodness.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess some self care that probably would be good for me is uh, writing some music. I haven't wrote anything in a little minute, so it's therapeutic. So maybe uh, I'll write a couple songs this week.
0: Greg, if you need me to get on the track, I got you. Yeah, yeah.
3: She for sure got you. I got you. I've been on the track for a couple years. You've been saying that for 10 years. I actually auto-tune. I'm straight. (laughs) Uh, Nah, for me, probably, uh, I can't do much working out no more. As far as cardio is concerned, I can finally kind of walk in his boot, So I feel like uh, I start, like, you know, going to the gym. And just focusing on my upper body for right now, you know. I'm gonna have my like little prison body soon. Oh, legs, not, no big prison chest, life. but you know, I wish I could do something for now Why? Right? keep my testosterone up and my, you know <laughs> everything else. But I testosterone you know, keep you, testosterone. To, you, know if you have up, you know, you gotta you know, just you know, still be strong. You know, I can't just sit in the house and mope all day. It's, it, you know. I can still go out and do something. Now let this handicap hold you back. That's my something. Cool.
1: It's an injury. It's not a handicap. It's not a
3: handicap? But no. It's at six months so you're at heel time. So. It's yeah.
1: an injury.
2: Somebody <laughs> <laughs> get a
3: reflector. You probably could around. have skipped to break. A oh, on your shit.
1: What you about to do, Chris? I'm going shopping. Last <laughs> no. summer, I looked dirty. No. I can
0: admit that. No, babe, you didn't see me. I looked fucked up all last summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of shit going on. This, <laughs> yes.
1: I said yes, no.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Fuck that. This summer, I'm not gonna look dirty, and I'm not gonna look like I'm only going to Walmart. I'm just not. You're going so, since for me, yeah, I'm going to Target and Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. <laughs> yes, Trader
1: Ho, <Hope>, Trader Ho.
0: <laughs> so, um. I'm going shopping.
1: Good for you.
0: I'm gonna keep it on the budget, but I am going shopping, and I'm going to buy myself a couple of pieces.
1: Okay, well, make sure you send me the, cool. the pictures. That's you right. know, I like to see. Wow.
2: Don't
0: you worry, babe. I got you. Thank y'all so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it.
2: Thank, Thank y'all, y'all for, for having us. For having appreciate us. it,
3: you know, The in the building. Y'all already know. You know, I live here, so anytime, <laughs> anytime y'all need me.
0: No, i Nah, no, he lived here, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Lord.
1: Yes, Lord. Well, damn. Yes, Lord. But no, we definitely appreciate you guys um being our first male guests. Um, I feel like this episode is amazing and you know mm. thank y'all.
3: Feel free to have me back whenever y'all need before just you know, pick up the phone, baby. 3303. <laughs> <laughs> Website? site? Yeah, no, we'll that.
1: Girl, laugh. no. <laughs> um okay tell the people where they can find us
0: they can find us at black girls in bloom pod on the ground uh we release episodes every uh, every other sunday at 6 p.m pacific standard time
3: right.
0: mm-hmm. did y'all want to leave the listeners with anything else
3: if um, you're trying to buy a house or sell, you know, any buyer selling property in the state of California, you know, give me a call, let me you know.
1: What's your Instagram?
3: Oh, stan with two ends. Follow oh, your boy.
2: Um, I would just say, love who you are and not who people want you to be. You know, true happiness comes from within. Um, you are God and tap into it.
1: And follow his graphic design page at
2: GP Labs.
1: Alright, y'all. There you have it.
0: Support y'all community. Okay, last thing before we go, I just want to say um, it's really nice to see black men stepping up and being so proud to be fathers and just pouring back into the community. Um, it's really refreshing. So, y'all are doing a great job. I ain't none of y'all kids, but on behalf of y'all kids, I just want to say thank y'all for showing up and,
1: you know, creating those memories. We love the Black Fathers. Yeah. Of course I love y'all. But, you know, as a community, we love the Black Fathers.
2: Well, we appreciate y'all. You know, um, Black Fathers aren't recognized too often, you know,
3: but we thank you. Yeah, a, a, a little love right? and recognition go a the way. That's all. That's it. But thank you.
0: I'm most welcome. Well, we will. Oh, thank y'all so much for listening. Forget about
1: y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, we <laughs> okay. yeah. got in the conversation. Yes, thank y'all for listening. Um, we're back now, so don't worry about it. We'll be here every other week.
3: Yeah.
0: And yeah. we will see y'all in two weeks. Bye, babes. Bye.